Hope you guys are all excited to be here tonight. It's a little, it's a little sappy of a night. I'm not a very sappy person usually. I like to just kind of like be intense, but it's going to be emotional once in a while too. Amen. <clears throat> so yeah, welcome to our last Kai Alpha service of the year. It has been such a good year. It's easy to complain, right, to think 2020 stunk. That's not true. Look around. Most of you weren't here in 2020 or before 2020, so I'm really excited you're all here. God is good. God has moved in powerful ways this past year. So many of you have seen your lives absolutely changed because of the goodness of God. I am so, so thankful for this year. Even though we've been masked, we've been distanced, sanitized, it's been amazing. On a side note, let's be praying that we get to remove these stickers come fall. Amen. I will personally come remove these stupid stickers if they let me. They don't need to get a cleanup team. I'll do it. I'll be angry. It'll be fun. I'll chuck those things and say, hallelujah, we're free at last. Anyway, sorry. That wasn't in my notes. <laughs> I am praying that things will be a little bit more normal next year, but I'm still in awe of what God has done despite our circumstances. If this is your first time with us, thank you for joining us, even though it's our last week together. I think that's really cool. Some of the most important people in Kyle for history have come on the last week of years, so that could be you. No pressure, but that'd be cool. I challenge you, though, get plugged in next fall especially if you'll be back here again next year, because it'll be really cool. This is cool, too, but come back next year. Hit the ground running. See what God has for you. You just got to see from these seniors what God can do in your life if you're willing to commit to him and jump into a community. So I challenge you to do that next year. If this is your first time, my name is Derek. I'd love to meet you after service. Also, you can get a free T-shirt so we can get rid of the rest of them. Amen. I think I've made it clear this year, if you've been around for a little bit, that growing up, I was a little husky, you could say. My sixth grade year, I was not a little husky. I was very husky. It was not good. It was not healthy for anyone. So in gym class, I don't know if you guys had to do this, but we had to run the mile like once a semester. Remember that? Oh, some of you guys are like excited. Some of you just gave me the desk there because you hated the mile. Me too. So in our school, if you ran the mile fast enough in their first semester, they didn't make you run it again the second semester. I did not run it fast enough the first semester. <laughs> so second semester rolls around. They get all the chubby kids corralled, and they said, time to send you back outside. For round two of torture, the chubby kid mile, we head out to the track, and I'm with my two friends, Casey and Matt. We get through lap one, and we're huffing, we're puffing, but we're going. Lap two comes, we start slowing down a little bit, take some breaks for, for walking, or <laughs> maybe the whole thing was walking. Lap three, and we're like rolling on the ground, barely making it, and then comes the last lap, and as we're on the last lap, me and Casey, are, we see the finish line ready to go, but our friend Matt, he's slowing down. I'm like, this guy's not going to be all right. He's like dying. He's like, uh, uh, and he looks to us. And I remember this moment very clearly. It felt like a movie. Casey and I look back, and he's like this, literally falling to the ground. Go on without me. As he's falling, a very short, round man falling on the ground during the mile, saying, go on without me. I'd never felt like I was in a movie except in that moment. We tried to motivate him to get back up. Like, come on, let's go. Like, this is embarrassing. Let's finish the mile. And he's, he just, he's like, No. You can do it. You can finish. I believe in you, but not in me. So Casey and I went on. We will not be stopped for anyone, especially Matt. It was time to finish the mile, so we did finish that race. We all have a race to run. We have the race of life. We have the race of our time in college. For some of you, you're in the first lap of your time in college, getting ready to finish it. For others of you, as we just saw up here, you're about two feet in front of the finish line. Most of us do a decent job in the first couple laps of a race first couple laps of life. But what really counts in a race is how you finish. 
We can walk through the finish line. We can drag ourselves. We can be drugged by someone else. We can pass out like Matt did before the finish line. Or we can finish well. When we run, we are called to run to win. See, we all have our own race. Everyone's race looks quite different. Maybe your race has been smooth sailing so far. Or maybe your race has been very challenging. Maybe it's been very rough. Maybe it's been a long race. Maybe it's been really short. Maybe you feel like as the race of life, you're running with a bunch of people around you, the best friends in the world, or maybe you feel like you've been running this race alone for a long time. Maybe your race has been normal, you've had a normal life, or maybe it's been very unconventional and you've had anything but a normal life. Maybe your race has a full crowd applauding you, cheering you on, or maybe it's just an audience of one. Maybe you're here, and if you look at your race, you're honest, you're following in other people's paths, trying to take the steps they took, or maybe you're trying to create a new one. No matter what your race has looked like, as in your time in college or your life in general, we must realize that although our races are very different from each other, we all do have one call. Tonight we're finishing our year off with what we'll call Vision Tuesday. I want to cast some vision for your life, for Chi Alpha for the next year and for the future beyond. We all must have a vision of where we want to go. If you're taking off on a race or on a journey, you have to have a map with a destination so you know the goal. The Apostle Paul, who we've talked a lot about this semester, who's the greatest missionary to ever live, he wrote most of the New Testament. He ran a race. He planted countless churches. He preached the gospel to the masses. He was persecuted, beaten, stoned, and he did it all so well. His race was quite a bit different than the one we have to run. And near the end of his life, Paul writes a letter to Timothy, who was like his top small group guy. Okay, that, that might be you. Maybe you're a small group leader's favorite. Congratulations, I wasn't. And my brother was my small group leader, and I wasn't even his favorite. It was... John. Anyways. (laughs) So Timothy was the guy that Paul poured the most of his life into. And in 2 Timothy 4-7, in this letter to Timothy, he says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we love you so much. Jesus, I pray that you can speak through me tonight. Jesus, I pray that our seniors will feel honored and love God. Thank you for the impact they made. I pray that our freshmen will feel inspired and our sophomores and juniors to come back next fall ready to run. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen. All right. Our last main idea of the year. Are you guys excited? You don't have to write anything on your forehead anymore. Theodore, thanks for clapping. (laughs) That's good. This one's probably the simplest. The main idea tonight is this. Finish well. Finish well. We must finish well. We must finish our race. We must fight the good fight and keep the faith. When we get to the end of our days, what do we want to hear from King Jesus? We want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Finishing our race as well means that when we look back in our times in college, when we look back at our life, we are pleased. We know that we gave everything we have. We don't have any regrets. We know we ran well. Paul did not look back with regret. He knew he fought the good fight, and his confidence in this letter to Timothy is so clear that he was ready to meet his maker. I pray for a life like Paul. I'll be honest. I struggle with regret a lot. A lot of decisions I've made in life are because I don't want to regret it. For example, I played football in high school, and I hated football, and I played it just so I wouldn't regret not playing it. Looking back was so stupid. I was miserable the whole time, but I did do it, so amen. See, we can't live in a fear of regret, but I do think we can use this idea of regret as a motivation to live a life worth replicating, right? If we're doing things that, so we don't have any regrets, we'll live a life that might have more meaning. And something I love about Paul is that how confident he was that he finished his race well. He didn't try to run Peter's race. He didn't try to run John's race. Paul was clear that he was called to run Paul's race. 
And God is calling you to do the same. God is looking at you. God is looking at you right now, whether you're at the starting point of your race in college, whether you're in the second lap, or whether you're right before the finish line, he is saying, run your race well. So while you're in college, I challenge you, take advantage of every opportunity. Do not waste your time here focused on things without eternal impact. Do things that matter. So often in college, we get tired, we get burnt out, so we decide to spend our time doing things like Netflix and video games, which might be fun for about seven minutes. When we look back at our life, we never look back and say, wow, I'm so glad I binged The Office for a tenth time. That helped my life so much. Do things that matter. Do things with an eternal impact. You only have this opportunity of college once. Don't look back with regret. Because we want to finish well, right? So to finish well, I think there's some things we can do on this race. I think there's some different things. First thing I think we can do is we need to run fast. And if we want to finish well, we must run our race fast. We must run fast because we do not know how much time we have left. You could die tomorrow. We truly don't know. We don't know if we'll get another opportunity. See that student that's in your class that you think, next semester when I have them in class again, I'll invite them to come to know Jesus. They may, you may never see them again. They may drop out. They may change majors. You may never see them again. This might be the only opportunity. You may never live in a dorm again. Those people that are in your hall, you may never see them again. You may never get to be in a community like this again. You may never have a small group leader who's willing to challenge you again, take advantage of the opportunities. And when I think of running fast, a couple people come to my mind. First of all, I think of Rachel Campbell. Rachel came into Chi Alpha this year, which was her senior year. It had been so easy to come in as a senior, be half in, half out, to never check in because all you got is one year left. But she did the opposite. See, Rachel jumped all in. She did everything she could. She made lifelong friendships. She served. She learned. She did leadership training class, even though she knew she would never become a Chi Alpha small group leader because she was graduating. Come on, somebody. I like that hunger to learn. She dove all in with Chi Alpha, and she only ran the race of Chi Alpha for one year, but she ran it well. This also makes me think of Emma Fatino and Chloe No. See, these two girls are both freshmen last year, and I was so pumped about them. They're like ready to punch the devil. They're all excited, like, I'm going to be here for four years, and I'm going to make an impact on this campus. They jumped into small group leading this year, and I'm so stinking pumped. I'm like, you know, this first year, they might stink a little bit, because most first-year small group leaders stink. But year two, year three, come on, let's get excited. And then they both come to me this year. Mm. So, Derek, I'm going to get married. This guy's so handsome. <laughs> and like, deuces. Ah. I'm still mad at both of you, but it's okay. I'll pray through it later. But they ran fast this year. They both only had one year of smaller bleeding, but they didn't let it go to waste. They could have packed it in. They could have finished poorly. They could have checked out, but they didn't. And now they both raise up small group leaders to replace themselves and carry on their legacy. The line did not die with them. Run fast. You never know how much time you all have left. Maybe some man's going to come sweep you away. Sam Davis, don't you dare let that happen. <laughs> if one of you men, I'll kill you. <laughs> Next year might be your last year, Chi Alpha. You don't know. Maybe you're a freshman. And you don't know, last year or next year could be it. So I think sometimes when we're running this race, we run to conserve energy. We think, i got to have enough energy left for the last lap. 
Let's trust God for the last lap and let's run the race we're running right now. Okay, so if you're a freshman, don't say, okay, I'll jump into discipling when I'm a senior and I have it all figured out and I've got my classes set up and I'm ready to go. No, you might be gone. So don't wait. Run fast. Run at full pace and let's let God provide the energy and let's not worry about that. The Bible says something about not being anxious about tomorrow but worrying about today. And as we run fast, we also need to run when no one else is. As we run and we look around, we might realize that no one else around us is running. We are alone in this race. Our our race is very different. Even if you're the only one running, you must keep going. Even if you're home and all your high school friends are partying and trying to get you to live a life of the world, they're not going to the church and you might feel alone, I challenge you to keep running even if you're the only one who's doing it around you. Keep spending time with Jesus even if no one else is. This makes me think of Follis. Follis is our first ever international small group leader. That's good. She's also our only black small group leader. She's also our oldest small group leader, so that's fun. But she didn't let that stop her from trying it this year. She didn't let the fact that she'd be the only black small group leader stop her from doing it. A vision and prayer I have as we talk about this vision Tuesdays, I pray that Kai Alpha can get more diverse. We're too white. Amen. We've been growing in this a little bit this year, so that's good. God is good. We want to be thankful for what God has done, but I want to become way more diverse. I want to represent the kingdom of God in Lang Hall. So if you're a person of color in here, I want to thank you. I know it can be easy to look at this sea of white and think, what am I doing here? Thank you for running, even though it might feel like you're alone. Because we need you. If we want to get more diverse, we need people who are diverse to step up and say, I might be the only one who looks like me, but I'm going to do it anyways. We need people who will say, I will start the change. I will help bring diversity to Chi Alpha. This is a cry of mine that we want to get diversity, and we only get there if the small percentage of diverse people in this group decide they are going to run even though no one else is. In order to run when no one else is, though, it takes obedience. We have to run obediently. If Jesus says turn right on our race, we must turn right. We must obey Jesus despite the cost. We may have our own plans, our own goals, our own dreams, but if Jesus says to do something differently, to run our race well, we have to obey him no matter what he asks of us. Running our race without being guided by him is pointless because we will not get to the right finish line. See, it's not about just getting to a finish line, it's about getting to the finish line. I think there's three guys in here who model this level of obedience. Aaron Manning, John Kruger, and Noah Ruckty. Come on, somebody. They're not leaving us. Yeah, we got a little clapping. That's good. That's good. I like it. We'll get you more claps by next year. All three of these guys came into college with their own plans. Aaron and John wanted to be band directors, while Noah wanted to work in the medical field. And then Jesus got them. They wrestled with the Lord. Some of them wrestled more than others. And eventually, they all three agreed to obey Jesus and to take the next step in their potential callings. In case you didn't know, all three of these guys are stepping into our Chi Alpha internship program starting August 1st. They're currently in a season of raising support so they can work in Chi Alpha and they can give their lives to the call of Jesus and say, I'm going to take a step of obedience and see if I'm called to this. To run obediently. And they don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know where it's going to lead for them. But we're going to run the race anyways, amen? That might be one of you. My prayer, that is more than one of you. <laughs> My prayer is it's all of you, but that's different. I'll get there in a second. Run obediently no matter what God has called you to. 
They're potentially sacrificing their degrees to pursue Jesus in a full-time capacity. We must be obedient to run the race that Jesus wants us to run, or there's no point in running at all. Why run if we're not going anywhere? And as we run these races obediently, I think challenges will come our way. The race of life, the race of college can be a little hard, amen? There's some things in our life that we just can't control, some things that get thrown our way. So we need to run hard because sometimes obstacles are going to get in front of us and we need to plow through them. If you're not running hard enough, you're going to hit the brick wall and fall. But if you're like Superman, you run really hard, you can plow through it, so that'd be cool. So run hard after Jesus because when these obstacles come, we have to run And when it comes to running hard, Natalie comes to my mind. Natalie has ran her race hard. Life has thrown her some curveballs, but she's kept running after Jesus through all of it. Mm, There she is. I was looking for her. Natalie's amazing. You guys don't even understand. This girl's a world changer. Anyways, so as her life has maybe thrown some obstacles, thrown some curveballs, she did not say, I'm going to stop. She said, I'm going to keep going, and she's made disciples who are going to make disciples who are going to live a life of real devotion, real community, and real responsibility because she wasn't scared to run hard even though it was hard. We have to be willing to do the hard things, to say yes to King Jesus even when our lives seem chaotic, Right? Things might not make sense, things might not add up to you, but I challenge you to be obedient and run as fast as you can and run as hard as you can and watch God use you to change the world. To finish our race as well, we must run hard because, again, obstacles are going to be in our way. And sometimes we don't have enough time to get all the way around them, so we've got to go through them. As we run the race of life, we talk about obstacles, right? So sometimes you're supposed to run through them. Sometimes you need to run around them. And you need to run your race a little differently. Some of us are called to run a little bit of a different race. Sometimes God calls us to run a very unconventional race. Your situation may look very different than a normal college student. Maybe you're in here and you're not a college student. Maybe you didn't grow up in a church, right? It's easier. It seems like it's not. It's easier if you grow up in a church, you come to that transition. Maybe you've never been to church at all, and the closest thing you've ever been to a church is right here in Lang Auditorium. And so your race has been a little different. Maybe you didn't come in as a freshman. Maybe you're a senior. And you've been here for a month, and you're like, what's going on? I'm leaving soon. Sometimes you have to be willing to run a little bit of a different race. Your life may not have been conventional, and that's okay. Just trust God and run the race that he's called you to run. God is not calling you to run someone else's race. He's saying, run your race. Nick Hansen, Jacob Enos, and Kylie Bringer have ran a race that looks a little different in a great way. Kylie did not have the conventional path of coming in as a freshman, becoming a small group leader, and doing that for three years. In fact, as Kylie said, she never became a small group leader. This does not mean she's been any less valuable to our community. She has faithfully led our Connect team for two years. She's faithfully grown our Connect team for two years. She's got those weird outfit things you guys do. I don't, I don't know about those, but anyways, we'll keep going. <laughs> And the Connect team's so excited. They come here, they take pictures together, right? The worship team never takes pictures together. Who ran the worship team and screwed that up? I'm just, it was, that was me before it was Katie and Victor. I'm sorry. I know you guys might understand that joke. I'm blaming myself. It's okay. So Kylie's race may have looked a little bit different, but it's been her calling. And she's done what she's called to do. And she's been obedient to Jesus, even though it looks different. So even though your path might look a little different, it does not mean it's wrong. Nick's also taken a different road. Nick started at Bowling Green in Ohio, and then he came to you and I, where he jumped into my small group just to inform me that, Derek, I will never become a small group leader. 
And then he left. He went back to Bowling Green. I'm like, what the heck? You just got here. Anyways, and then he came back. I'm like, God, this is fun. This is like a roller coaster. Keep going up and down. (laughs) Jesus is good. And then he stepped into small group leadership because something happened when he was in Indiana and his life got radically changed and he decided, I'm going to say yes to King Jesus. Came in here, became a small group leader, disciple guys, and then for some stinking reason is leaving again. Now he's going to Indiana to pursue ministry. Again, his path looks a little bit different. He hasn't even been a UNI student all year, but he's faithfully discipled UNI students and pursued God's call for his life. Finally, Mr. Enos, his road has been a very long one. Very, lots of twists and turns. And I feel like I've been in like the, like you know in a motorcycle, the little sidecar? That's been me. I've been in the sidecar. <laughs> Just getting flung around everywhere. Say, wherever it goes, Derek's along for the ride. Uh, amen. And th- that sidecar didn't have any latches. I was stuck. <laughs> The latches are love, okay? It's a good thing. So Jacob started at Wartburg, and to be honest, until he said it, I forgot. He went to DMAC after that, and then he came to you and I, and then he became a small group leader after being at Kyle for like a week, and then he transferred to Hawkeye, and then he felt called to ministry, and things have been up, and things have been down. See, I've seen Jacob run full force after God, because when he runs, he runs hard. He, he certainly doesn't jog, but I've also seen him run full force away from God. His races look very different. But he's been obedient, and he keeps trying, and keeps coming back for more. And see, the cool thing about God is even when we run away from him on his race, even when we do get off the path that he has for us, God loves you so much he's going to go get you. If you want to, God's got his finger on all of you. If you need to tell a story about that, go ask Mr. Enos afterward of when you're running from God, how he comes and gets you. Sometimes we have to run a little differently. Sometimes we make mistakes, right? And it leads us down an unconventional path. Sometimes we take turns that we wish we wouldn't have, but you can still finish your race well. God's not worried about the wrong turns you made. God's not confused, saying, oh my gosh, we went down this path, I'll never find him again. No, that's not God. God knows exactly where you're at, and he's going to come and get you. See, because God's not worried about what you're doing right now. He's worried about your future. He's going to do what he can to try to get you to the finish line, if you'll be obedient to keep saying yes to King Jesus. So God doesn't really care a whole lot about your past race as long as you give him your future race. Just take the next step of obedience to King Jesus. You may be called to run a little differently. Maybe it looks a lot different. Maybe it's different than you want. That's okay. And as we run this race of life, it's easy to lose focus. Sometimes instead of focusing on the finish line, we focus on the audience. We focus not on finishing well, but on winning approval from the people that are watching us. We care more about appearing like we're running the race well rather than actually running the race well. We must run well even when no one is watching. And two of our students epitomize this. Regan, Shonk, and Katie Bassett, and they're getting married, so it makes this one more fun. These two students have served Kai Alpha so well. They both come every single week to set up and tear down. Never on stage, doing the lights, doing the speakers, making sure everything's good. They serve in areas that might not seem like fun, right? Unloading a trailer. Katie has had some near-death experiences unloading that trailer. The Lord is in this place because she's still here. Amen. Hallelujah. But they don't do this. They don't run their race to get approval or applause. See, every single week, Katie, she knows I'm disorganized. So she goes and gets my backpack for me. She puts all my stuff in it and gives it to me and says, Derek, there's your backpack. I've never asked her to do that. 
But she does it because she loves people super well. Because she has a servant's heart. And she knows I'll lose everything if she doesn't do it. I love the servant's heart. We need more of that in the church. Sometimes it's all about being up here, speaking, being on a worship team. But we need people who are willing to do some things that are behind the scenes. Because that's, that's called servant leadership. Servant leadership is not serving on the worship team and getting to sing a bunch of songs. Servant leadership is unloading the trailer. Katie and Reagan, can everyone else please stand up and give them a stand, uh, standing ovation for their servant team? Amen. The fun part is they hated that. <laughs> Again, because they run their race even when no one's watching. We must do the same. So many times we're focused on getting the approval of other people, right? We're so focused on people seeing what we do that's good. When the Bible is very clear that when you do something good, the right hand shouldn't see the left hand what it's doing, right? What really matters is how we run our race when no one is watching. What do you do in your dorm room when it's late at night and there's no small group leader to check on you? What are you going to do this summer and no one's watching. We all have an opportunity, right? We're going home. We've got summer. Your small group leader probably won't talk to you as much. Your small group community probably won't be around as much. How do we run our race when no one's watching? That is how we finish well. It's by running hard, even when no one's looking at us. Katie and Reagan, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your service to Kai Alpha. Thank you for making an impact that is eternal in our community. Amen. And finally, in order to run our race well, see, there has to be a trailblazed. I want you to shift focus a little bit and don't think of this as a race on a track anymore. I want you to think of this race as going through a forest. And as you go through a forest, someone has to blaze a trail, right? Someone has to walk and take steps and make the trees go down and make the grass clear a path. Someone has to make a way so other people can run behind them. Someone has to run first. Isabel Wolf and Lauren Schaff have blazed a trail here at UNI. Lauren came in growing up in church, but needing a family in college that was willing to push her closer to Jesus. Isabel, as she just said, came in not just really freshly knowing the Lord, and she gave her life radically through this ministry. Getting to watch these two girls grow the past four years has been crazy. Side story that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. As a freshman, Isabel was dating a guy that didn't love Jesus, and I was a junior, and I thought I knew everything, so I yelled at her and said, dump his butt, and freshman girls don't like that, evidently. So I later learned that Isabel didn't like me a whole lot at first. Jesus is good, though, and since then, God has done cool things, and now I view Isabel as a little sister. A little sister that I'm not 100% sure I prayed for, but... God brought her, so amen. <laughs> Isabel and Lauren have blazed a trail here at UNI. See, what I mean by that is they're the first students ever to come in as freshmen, become small group leaders as sophomores, lead small group their sophomore, their junior, and their senior year, and then graduate and not come on the Chi Alpha team. We love people who come on the Chi Alpha team, but there's something special about being able to send people out. We can clap for that. That's good. That's good. I like that. I'm looking for you. Where are you at, Isabel? There she is. She's in the middle. There you go. 
You two are the first ever to accomplish that. You have blazed a trail that I pray thousands of students over the next 30 years are going to follow in. Students are going to stand upon your shoulders for years to come. I believe this auditorium is going to be filled because of you paving a way for other students to follow. Thank you for being willing to go first. In the race of life, someone has to go first. Someone has to be the first one to stand up, to stand out and be willing to do whatever it takes to blaze the trail that God has called them to. Maybe no one in your family follows Jesus. You can be the first. Maybe no one around you has given up living for the world and gaining personal pleasure. You can be the first. Maybe you feel like the only person in your hometown who has any idea what the Bible is or who Jesus is and you're scared out of your mind to go back home. And every time someone goes home, fall away. You can be the first. Maybe you have gone home and you've had terrible summers. This can be the first one to be good. Be willing to run even if you're the first one. That's how you change the world. So what's the key to finishing your race well? Just run your race. Run the race God has called you to run. See, there's a lot of different aspects to finishing your race well. Sometimes we want to run other people's races. We constantly live in this game of comparison, trying to do what other people are called to do. See, the cool thing about God is God has not called you to run the race of anyone else. God is saying, look at me, run where I've placed you. Be who I've called you to be. Be who you are. Be the man or woman that God has created you to be. Keep going. It can be easy in this race of life or in the race of college to want to start walking. It can be easy to want to slow down. It can be easy, listen, to race or wish this race away. For those that are freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, it's easy to say, I just want, for the love of God, get me out of college. Don't wish this race away. Because as you wish the race away, you won't finish it well. Because you're not focused. As you focus so much on the end of the race, you lose the joy of running the race that you're running. I know college seems long. I know it's tiring. I know it's hard. I know it's challenging. But it goes really quick. It feels like just yesterday that I was meeting Isabel Moore and as seniors at the high school state youth camp. <laughs> they were really awkward. It's fun for me. <laughs> They're like, hi, I'm a senior. That literally seems like yesterday. Now their time in college is done. Their race of college, their race of Chi Alpha, is complete. I feel like these 15 seniors just got here. For some of them, they did just get here, so that's fair. But now they've, they're one step away from crossing the finish line. The beauty is they finished well. So as you head into this summer, and as you go into this next school year, keep the end in mind, because what you're doing now is setting yourself up for success later. By spending time with Jesus this summer, you are setting up your fall. See, here's the thing about races. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm about to go win a marathon. No. You take daily steps. You get up. You train. You spend time training and doing the right little things step by step until you can get up someday and win a marathon. It takes training. You have to do hard work before you even get to the starting line. So before we get to the starting line of fall 2021, we need to do the hard work over the next three months. If you want to make disciples next fall, you can't just waste away the next three months. 
if you want to make a global impact this fall or for the rest of your life, you can't say, I'll do that later. I'll do that when I graduate. I'll do that some other day. I'll do that in the fall. No, you have to start now because you're not going to wake up and be ready to win a marathon. If you want to win a marathon, you better get up every day, training hard, doing the right things, running obediently after God. Because you will not win this race. You will not finish well unless you train day by day. How do you train? You live a life of real devotion, spending extravagant time with King Jesus every day. You live a life of real community where you're authentic, where you are real, where you are your true self with people. And you live a life of real responsibility where you live on mission, where you find, feed, and fight for the lost lambs of God, whether they're at the University of Northern Iowa, whether they're at your grad school, whether they're at your hometown this summer. God's not just in the business of making disciples out of you and I students. Train this summer so we can run hard this fall, because we're about to run hard this fall. I feel like God has placed such a burden on our hearts for what he's going to do this fall. God has given us the keys to the kingdom. God is saying revival is ready if you are ready to run. God wants to win the race if we're willing to run with him. But we cannot win the race unless we train. I pray that we finish well. But we have to work hard now so we can finish well later. Maybe you're here, and if you're honest with yourself, you haven't started your race with Jesus at all. Maybe you've been running this race without an end in mind, without a finish line. I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much. And even though it's the last week of the school year, that does not mean it's too late to change your life. Maybe you've been coming to Chi Alpha all year, and you've been half in, half out. You've been too scared to jump all in. And you think, it's too late now, it's the end of the year, maybe I'll try again next fall. God does not want you to wait till next fall to jump all in with a relationship with him. God is saying, jump in right now. Because Jesus loves you. Because Jesus paid a penalty for our sins. Because Jesus saw us in our filth, Jesus saw us in our mistakes and said, I love you so much, even despite your mistakes, that I'm going to pay the penalty for your mistakes so you can come and be with me. If Jesus loves us that much, why would we not try to run his race well? All you need to do tonight is put your trust in Jesus and commit to following him with your whole heart. Or maybe you're here tonight and you're a freshman, you're a sophomore, you're a junior, and you'll be back here next fall. So I can't lose that. I can't lose any more of you. Even though it seems far away, right? I know we want we don't want to focus on next fall. We got summer. Like, Derek, take a chill pill. I want to rest and watch Netflix all for the next couple months, and then I'll start thinking about that. I want you to think even bigger. I want you to think to the end of your time in college. That seems really far away for some of you, right? Like you'll never get out of here. It'll be here just like that. Work hard now so that you can finish well when your time comes. Your time in college is short get three, four, five years in college, and we can choose what we do. We can do things that have a temporal impact or a temporary impact, things that please us, things that are fun for the flesh, or we can do things that have an internal impact that are bigger than us and that reach the whole campus. If we want to finish well, we need to live for things that matter. We need to run a race that matters. We need to live our life with a goal of making disciples, of falling madly in love with King Jesus. We need to live our life to do things that make a difference in our world. Life is too short to pursue the world or things of the flesh, things that are enjoyable, just that are sinful and enjoyable for us. Life is too short to not be obedient as soon as Jesus asks you to be obedient. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. You can make a huge impact on this campus and this world if you'll say yes to Jesus right now. You must be committed to finishing well, though, if you want to see this happen. 
maybe you're here and this is it. This is your last service ever, Kyle, for you and I. You finish your race of college. And all that means is you're getting ready to start a new race. You finish this race well. Let's finish the next race better. Start off stronger. Build off the things you learned in Chi Alpha so that your next race will have less mistakes, a better foundation, and you can make an even bigger impact. Remember, no longer are you just in Chi Alpha, but Chi Alpha is in you. Don't forget that in your next race. We all have a race to run. This cannot be denied. You can't control whether or not you run a race, but what you can control is how you run. Will you finish well or will we limp through the finish line? We can fight the good fight. We can pursue God and we can change the world. See, tonight is Vision Tuesday. This is the vision for Chi Alpha. We will run our race. We will do what God has called Chi Alpha, you and I, to do. Not what he's called anyone else to do. We're not focused on that. We're focused on our race and we're going to run strong. We will pursue the Holy Spirit with reckless abandon. We will put Jesus first. We will choose to pursue holiness even when it makes us uncomfortable. We will choose to pursue holiness even when it goes against what culture is telling us is right. We will be fiercely devoted to Jesus and his truth through spending daily time in his presence. If you make it through your four years of Chi Alpha, you best be spending time with Jesus on a daily basis. We will be real and authentic with each other. We will create community, not just consume community. We will create a community where everyone can belong. We will find, feed, and fight for the lost lambs of God that are on our campus. This next freshman class will be loved like it's no one's business. We are going to run so hard after this freshman class. They will hear about a God that loves them enough to give everything for them. We will be so grateful for the students that God has given us to disciple. We will be a grateful community. We will be thankful for who God is. We will not be a community that falls into complaining, into negativity or pessimism. We will be a community that sees that God is good, so life is going to be good, and we're going to choose to find joy in that. Our prayer is to become ascending Chi Alpha. That means we want to send people out. We want to raise people up, teach them how to follow Jesus, and raise them up so they can join our Chi Alpha staff team, so we can send them out to reach other colleges, so we can send them out to plant churches, so we can send them out to reach unreached people groups and change the world. I fully believe that God may call some of you to full-time ministry, and I'm excited to help you get there. To be honest, I feel like that's the specific calling of Chi Alpha you and I is to help raise up ministers to send out and go change the world. We're going to help you step into God's call of your life. However, not all of you are going to be called into ministry. So what are we going to do? We're going to raise you up to send you out to the marketplace, meaning a job, a career. We're going to send you out to work a job and to be fully invested in your church and to make disciples in that setting because discipleship does not stop when your time in college stops. For no longer will we see our students fall away from Jesus after they leave Chi Alpha. No longer will the best time of their relationship with Jesus be when they're at you and I. This is the starting place to where you can grow further, faster. We're going to send people out, and we're going to send people to stay here in Cedar Falls to help our church reach the Cedar Valley. Amen? If you're graduating, you don't have to go anywhere. You can stay right here. You can hang out with me all the time. Our vision is to raise up people who will love Jesus their whole lives. Again, I've said it a hundred times. My prayer is that this is just the starting place of your relationship with God. Please keep pursuing Jesus. Our vision is not to just have a great Chi Alpha here at UNI. Rather, is to take Chi Alpha. So you think of Chi Alpha as a puzzle, and you take a little piece of the puzzle. And my prayer is that we send puzzle pieces across the globe with little pieces of Chi Alpha UNI going and making a global impact instead of just reaching the 10,000 students at UNI. Because God is interested in making disciples of more than just Panthers. 
please keep pursuing Jesus. So this song that we sang, Prepare the Way, it's really, it's, it's, this song has a special place in my heart. See, this summer, I was praying for a vision for this fall. I was praying, God, what do you want to do for, through us and what do you want to do through Kai Alpha? And he gave me that phrase, ready for more. If you remember right, our whole first semester was focused on being ready for more. Something that's interesting is I've listened to this song a ton, but not until tonight did I catch one of the lines as, God, you're just getting started. And I feel like there's a bookend to what God spoke to me this summer when he said we're ready for more, because we were still ready for more, but God is just getting started. This year has been awesome, right? Look at around. This year has been awesome, but God is just getting started. We are ready for more, Kyle, for you and I. We are ready for more. Whether you're here at UNI, whether you go across the state of Iowa, whether you work in the marketplace, you work in ministry, whether you're a freshman or a senior or anywhere in between, our vision is simple. We are going to make disciples who make disciples who live a life of real devotion, real community, and real responsibility so that we can reach the 10,000 students at the University of Northern Iowa, the college campuses across the Midwest and the world with the love of King Jesus. If you all stand with me. We're going to give you two ways to respond tonight. So if this idea of Jesus has been stirring your heart, if you've been honest with yourself, you've not been running a race towards Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to change that tonight. So if everyone will close your eyes and bow your heads, what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, if you want to say, I'm going to run my race for Jesus now, I am on that team now, putting on Jesus' jersey. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two. See that hand, thank you. Thank you. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, we love you so much. Jesus, I thank you that you've called us to run a race that matters. I thank you that we're not just here on this earth to please ourselves, to get a good degree, to get a good job, but God, we are here to make an eternal impact. Jesus, I thank you that this life is not it, but that we have more. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen. If you would all open your eyes. My second way to respond is this. If you are, if you're a freshman here and you want to commit that you're in with this vision, if you want to commit to making disciples who make disciples live a life of real devotion, real community, real responsibility, if you're a freshman here, I want you to raise both your hands right now if you want to commit to that. If you're a sophomore, I'd like you to do the same. Juniors, do the same. Anyone who might be a fifth or sixth or tenth year, thank you, Daniel. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we are ready for more. Jesus, we are all in. Jesus, I pray that we finish our race well, God. I pray that you use the Chi Alpha, you and I. I pray that you use these students to make a global impact, God. I pray that our vision is bigger than just you and I, God. I pray that our vision is to see unreached people groups, to see people across the state of Iowa and across the country and across our world come to know you, King Jesus. I pray that you take our dreams and you expand them tenfold over this summer, God. I pray that every student in this room runs after you all summer. In your name, amen. Let's worship God one more time together as a family.